This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. What's going on? Welcome into The Sharp Angle Podcast. How are we all doing today? Hope you guys had a good week, good Friday, and you're getting ready for a nice weekend. On today's show, like we always do on Friday, we're going to give some NFL picks uh, for the weekend. And today's a bit of a different, uh, it's going to be a bit of a different NFL show. You know, usually I've got, I don't know, in between like four and six picks. We get on here, give you guys our best bets and things like that. But honestly, this week in the NFL, I, I, I don't have a whole lot that I love. I mean, I have two picks that I really, really like, and I'll give my, my two favorite picks. But, you know, I, I can go through a couple other of these games and sort of let you guys know what I think of several different games, what's keeping me off of one side or another. But uh, this week in the NFL, not too much that I love. Now, keep in mind... Tune back in on a Sunday morning because, or Saturday night, maybe. I'm not, you know, it, it varies, but it certainly will be out bright and early Sunday morning, if not Saturday night. Uh, Sunday's quick picks. You know, we, we do quick picks both Saturday and Sunday. And Sunday during the NFL season is usually only NFL games. So I should have a couple more that I like. And of course, lines will move between now and Sunday. We are recording this at 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern on Friday evening. So lines will change. But uh, like I said, two games I really like. And then you know we can go over a couple more as well. So uh, game number one. This is not going to be popular with a lot of people, but I don't care. That's how we make our money. Uh, I'm going Redskin. Well, whatever the hell you want to call this team. The football team. <laughs> the Washington football team. Plus 10.5 at Pittsburgh. I like this game for several reasons. And the first and probably most important reason is the Steelers, when everything else is equal, do terrible in this spot. They are the worst team in the NFL since Mike Tomlin was hired as their head coach as a 10-point favorite or more at home. Meaning when Pittsburgh gets a game at home where they're supposed to win big, they underachieve like no one else in the NFL. So that's if everything else is normal, right? If everything for the Redskins and Steelers would be normal. Well, as everyone knows, what's been happening in Pittsburgh is not normal at all. They've had a tumultuous couple weeks. This team was angry they had to get their, their game moved to last Wednesday. You know, they, they haven't had near the amount of time to prep for this game when you look at Washington. I mean, the Re the football team, I mean, can we just call them the goddamn Redskins or whatever? I hate calling them a football team. Washington, sorry for everyone who's PC out there, Washington played on Thanksgiving. Remember, they were one of the two games. So they've had like pretty much a pseudo bye week last week, you know, one and a half weeks. And then the Steelers game gets moved to Wednesday. <laughs> That's crazy. And so, you know, this is a huge advantage in terms of scheduling for Washington. So I completely think that if you look at history, how teams under Tomlin have done before at home as a favorite, and then you add on top of it, the fact that you know, Mike Tomlin wanted to go win that game bad last week. They talked about it a lot. It was huge. It was a big deal for him. And they put all their eggs into that basket to beat the Ravens, even though they were shorthanded. The game was only 19-14. Steelers knew it would be a tough game, despite what Stefan Tuitt was tweeting during the game. Did you see that, Stefan Tuitt's like, yeah, it should be easy. Go kick their ass. Like, well, not so much. It was a five-point game. But either way, I mean, I could totally see this being a week where Mike Tomlin says, hey, guys, 
Great job. I know you all dealt with the bullshit from the NFL. Take a day, relax, rest. We got the Redskins next week. We'll get back, take care of business. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to take the Redskins lightly or just not show up. But what I am saying is we see this over and over. I mean, I do this for a living. I see this literally every single day that there's a sport being played. There's some sort of human element that goes into when you're winning, winning, winning. It's tough to get up for games, especially when you're playing a team that's that's perceived to be lower than you. I mean, that's just simply human nature. It happens all the time. To think that these guys are just... You know, well, it's the NFL, Tyler, they show up every game, but that's simply not the truth. And I think this could be a bit of a flat spot for the Steelers. I mean, uh, I believe, and this is going to sound crazy, if all things go well, Washington has a chance. By the way, Monday at 3 o'clock they're playing this game. Washington has a chance to keep this thing close. Maybe not win, but... Ten and a half points, way too many for me, given the situation right now with the Steelers. And look, when you look, when you talk about a Washington team that has turned the ball over a lot, you know, not gotten many good breaks this year. They've been shuffling a quarterback. They've really held it together pretty well for all the circumstances. Look at their defense. They have the fourth best defense in the NFL in terms of yards per game. I mean, they move the football. They're about an average team in terms of offensive efficiency. Like the whole idea that Washington, quote, sucks, and you're going to hear that a lot, is just not true. It's not the case. They have a lot to play for still. Ron Rivera is not the kind of coach who's going to quit, and this is not a good spot for the Steelers. So game number one that I really do like is uh, Washington plus 10.5 at Pittsburgh. All right, game two that I really like. Game two, Cleveland at Tennessee. I'm going to take Cleveland getting six points on the road. Uh, Now, (laughs) I got to start here with this game. I am terrified of this thing for one specific reason. Uh, I got a buddy who, you know, all my friends like to call me for sports betting information or news or whatever. And I get calls here and there asking me questions or, you know, just whatever, right? It happens all the time. And (laughs) my buddy calls me today. He doesn't really sports bet that much. I mean, a little bit here or there, but he's not, you know, near a pro or anything like that. I don't even know if he's good, but he's 50%, just like the worst, right? Remember that, folks. The worst you can go long term is 50%. So uh, anyway, he calls me and goes, dude, dude, have you seen the the line for the Browns and the Titans? I was like, "Uh, it's six, right? And he goes, yeah. Doesn't that sound crazy? I mean, Cleveland's a lot better than that. And I'm just like, oh, shit. (laughs) Right? My first thought is, am I really going to be on the side of, of... the squares here, you know, I, I love the guys over at uh, pregame.com. Uh, I think they do a really good job, both with their online content and their, their podcasts. And uh, <laughs> they call guys like that Freddy Fanny Pack, right? <laughs> right? Because if you go to Vegas and see these guys walking around, betting a whole lot of money on bad games and bad spots, they say things like that, right? Whoa, boys, dad, can you, I can't believe it. This team's so good. That team sucks. Six points on the road. I'll take it. Like, anytime it seems too good to be true, it usually is, you know? And you, what, what would Freddie, pa- Freddie Fanny Pack say for the Pittsburgh game, right? Oh, Washington, they suck. Pittsburgh's undefeated. They're going to go 16-0. How can you take Washington? That's what Freddie Fanny Pack would say. Well, I have a weird feeling that me and Freddie Fanny Pack are on the same side of this game, Cleveland, Tennessee. And you know what? 
I don't care because I think it's the right side. Now, there's a couple reasons why I like the Browns in this game. And I've said this last few weeks, and I want to repeat that I think this is probably the most important thing in terms of stats and breaking down the Browns in this game. And maybe games moving forward, unless the market corrects itself, which from my understanding, it hasn't yet. It's important if we're going to beat the books to know how the books work, right? And the Browns are really kind of an interesting uh, scenario that you don't get too often. And the Browns this year have played more bad weather games than any other NFL teams. Matter of fact, if you go back and look at games played in over 30 mile an hour wind, there hasn't been a team who's faced two games in the same season since I think it was 2000. 13, 2014, something like that. I know that's not that long ago. My point is, it's rare that you start stacking these bad weather games up or these weird scenario games up. And Cleveland has played in 30 mile an hour wind or more twice. And they played in one game, which was practically a monsoon. So my theory with the Browns is that what's happening is, again, knowing how the books work is important. And what the books do is they compile season long stats and crunch numbers based on season-long stats. Now, obviously, it's much more nuanced than that. If there's any reason to, to mess with the numbers or fiddle with the numbers, they'll do that. But in general, they don't just toss games out, which we can do, you know? We, we have the ability to be a lot more kind of, I'll say, adventurous in our math compared to the sports books. You know, the sports books have had systems that have worked for decades. They're not going to veer from those systems just because the Browns played a couple wind games, but it's a chance for us to get a little bit of value. And I believe that if you look at Browns team total and the overall spread for this game, we are seeing some some value for the Browns. Now, the Browns team total is going to be, the spread is six, the over-under is 53. Let's do some quick math. What is that? Uh, 25-25 would be 50 so 28 25 53 but we need the six so about 20 about 29 to 23 or so is he expected and that's roughly right so brown's going to be around 23 points for i'm just doing some quick math based on the spread and the over under but the brown should be somewhere around 23 23 and a half points and i would go I would look, I would lean towards team total under, or excuse me, excuse me, God, team total over. I would lean towards team total over for the Browns. The only reason why I don't love that is I think that I perceive along with other people that the Titans have a pretty good defense, but you know, that's actually not the case when you look at some stats. Did you know the Titans are giving up 384 yards a game? That's 26th in the NFL. And the Titans have only won one game by more than seven points, by more than a touchdown. So on one hand, Tennessee may be a bit of an overrated defense. We all think that this defense is better than they really are. And on the other hand, they're not pulling away from teams. They're not getting much margin here. And so, you know, team total for the Browns, I lean. But I think the spread is just a better way to attack this, especially if we are expecting maybe a bit of a lower scoring game because if the Browns team total doesn't hit I still think they have a good chance to cover this plus six that's why I don't love the team total Browns and I'm giving you guys my pick for uh uh you know the, the plus six but it, it's just funny that you know I think that a lot of this game and a lot of what the people think of the Titans is perception because they have been a pretty good team this year especially on prime time and things like that but it just scared me that the Browns seem like the square side, you know? And it's not just that. When you look at the percent of tickets and the percent of cash, and this is more and more accurate the closer we get to Sunday, 
in terms of being sharp or square, 75% of the tickets, right? Three out of four bets that are coming in are on the Titans, but almost 60% of the money is on the Cleveland Browns. So what that means is a whole bunch of small bets for the Titans flooded the market and some very, very big bets on the Browns have come in on Cleveland. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when that was, sometime between Wednesday and now, but still, um, that's that's a good sign for for me and for people who are on the Browns, but it's just a confusing thing. Maybe, maybe I am misinterpreting my buddy calling me and I'm overvaluing that, right? And it's really not a square side. Maybe he was being sharp. I didn't even know it. Because right, that's the whole thing is, I had, I'm sure everyone listening, my friends, my everyone's sharp at times. It's identifying when the square things are happening. And so what that means by definition is when a lot of people who don't do this for a living or a lot of, uh, you know, do this a lot, when they say something really sharp, it's almost by accident sometimes, <laughs> you know? And so maybe I was overreacting to that, but I just think that the Browns on the road against the Titans, six points just seems like too many for me. I mean, Baker Mayfield has been reined in. You know, Stefanski, this is really, if you look at it, the Browns are pretty much the same team that were last year, except for Kevin Stefanski. Like, this guy should get coach of the year. He's great. And he understands how to win with the Browns. They run the football heavy, put Baker Mayfield in good situations, and they've got actually a good defense. I mean, they're really in the middle of the league for a lot of these main major stats. But if you look at efficiency, yards per play, if you take out garbage time, the Browns are actually a top 10 team in a lot of very advanced stats. So we'll go Browns this game, plus the six at Tennessee. Uh, Not saying they win, but they got to keep this thing close. And my last note on this game is that I think this is a career-defining game for Baker Mayfield. Like This is boom or bust for him. Everything, I believe, comes down to if he plays very, very well in this game, he may cement his future with the Browns at least for a couple more years. And if he doesn't play well this game, there could be a narrative that when the Browns have to rely on Baker Mayfield or when Baker Mayfield's up in a big game, big situation where they need the win— he doesn't perform. And so this is a huge game for Baker Mayfield, big time team. You know, they're going on the road and I do like the Browns here plus six. So, all right, those are my two favorite games of the weekend. But like I said, uh, we can go through a few more and I'll let you guys know where I'm leaning on each of these in in particular games. Uh, Lions bears. I think this is a interesting spot for the lions. Um, I, I, I lean team total over for the lions here because Matt Stafford, uh, he's banged up, but he should play. Right now, it's looking like he's going to play. Um, I think that the Lions are in an interesting situation because they're healthy with their skill possessions for the first time in a long time this year. Um, that actually may not include the running back position, but still, they were banged up at receiver for a big chunk of the year, and they're f- finally getting healthy Excuse me, at receiver. Also, the Lions uh, head coach, who I'm blanking on right now. Let's look it up real quick. Um, yeah, Darren Bevel, obviously, I mean, I should say that, uh, Matt Patricia was fired last week, but, uh, Daryl Bevel is the new interim head coach. And I think he wants to prove that he is a good coach in the NFL and he doesn't have much time left. Right. And he wants to score some points. He's an offensive kind of guy and he knows that they're going to 
get their defense right in the offseason, not a whole lot of pressure in terms of defense. It's the offense, I believe, for Detroit that's going to face some questions and a lot of people playing for their jobs, including the coaching staff coaching for their jobs these last couple games of the year in Detroit. For that reason, I like Detroit team total over. I, I don't love the fact that their defense has been so porous this year. They, they really one of the more inconsistent defenses, which is why I don't love the spread. Uh, the spread right now currently is Bears minus three, but the Bears have been weird. You know, the Bears score points erratically. They just made a coaching or a quarterback change. The Bears, I don't want to base a whole lot of my bet on the Bears offense. If we take the Bears offense out of the equation, which obviously is time of possession, you know, it's not completely independent of, of the defense, but if we can take the offense out of the equation as much as possible, that's what I would prefer to do with my bets. And so I would lean, you know, Lions team total over in, uh, in that game for a couple of those reasons, but... Um, and again, you know, my first two bets are the ones where I'm betting on. These are leans or just where I'm going with a certain game, how I'm feeling about it. I did not. It says something that I didn't like the Lions team total enough to give it out. But uh, that's where I would lean with that game. Uh, let's see here. Going down the list, Colt Tech, Colts, Texans, nothing strong there. Um, Will Fuller out for the season. Texans down to pretty much one receiver. Colts did not look very good last couple weeks. So, you know, no, no real side there. Jags Vikings, not much. Bengals Dolphins, not much. Uh, Raiders Jets. This is an interesting one. I almost ended up with the Jets in my picks. And the only reason I did it is because the Raiders, kind of like how we just talked about with the Bears, they're really inconsistent in terms of the points they're putting up. Now, the, Ra- the Raiders, like the, the, the Browns, you know, they played in a lot of bad weather games, some wind games, some rain games, things like that. But unlike the Bears, who I just compared, compared the erratic scoring to, the Raiders' ceiling is much higher than the Bears. The Raiders have a chance to go or to go off any given week. You never really know what Raiders' offense is going to show up. I think they do a good job getting enough done to win, but they've played 11 games. They've won six. This whole narrative that the Raiders are one of the best teams in the AFC, and I've made, I may have been a little bit high on that the last couple weeks. Not so sure that's the case. But here's the thing with this game is I have conflicting information or conflicting uh, spots here because the Raiders find themselves in a situation where if they are as good as they we thought they were after nine games when they were six and three and they almost beat the Chiefs. If they're as good as we think they can be, this is a statement game for the Raiders. This is a game where the Raiders may show up and blow the Jets out. But the whole idea that the Jets are, again, remember earlier in the show where we talked about, you know, in the NFL, you should never be like, oh, that team sucks. I'm fading that team. But honestly, People have gotten paid this year when they've said that about New York. New York has been historically bad, not just as a team, but also against the spread. And so what's happened with the Jets is a lot of these squares who like to take big numbers, you know, minus 10, minus 15, whatever it is, and go against teams like the Jets, they've been winning this year. But if you if you uh, clump the Jets season up, what have they played so far? 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11. So they played 11 games so far. If you clump up, their la- if you clump up uh, the, the Jets into like three game clusters... Well, they've covered 66% of their last three games, you know? It's it's like, what point in the season do you want to pick out? Because the Jets are not a good team. I'm not arguing the Jets are a good team. I'm not even arguing that the Jets have a chance of beating the Raiders. What I'm arguing is that the Jets are not as bad as people necessarily think. They've got a lot of people on that roster who are still fighting for their job. Adam Gase came out this last week and said a lot of it was his fault. They're not quitting, not giving up. And... On the other side, the Raiders, I'm not sure if they should be nine and a half point favorites against anybody in the league right now. 
Again, I'm not going to bet this game because I think the Raiders have a chance to go off against anybody any day, and that includes the Kansas City Chiefs. But they also have a chance to just show up and not do anything, which I've also seen the Raiders do, especially on the road, time and time again. So I would lean this game towards the Jets, plus nine and a half points. It just seems like too many points to give the Raiders right now. But I don't trust it because, again, the Jets have been historically bad could be a good spot for the Raiders. You know, this could be sort of that season-defining game for them, and they could show up and blow the doors off the Jets. But I just don't think that would probably be the case. And if I were forced to make a bet for this one, I would certainly go uh, Jets plus the 9.5. Saints-Falcons, this one's weird. Didn't we just see this thing happen? Like, looking it up right now. New Orleans Saints, yeah, this happened a couple weeks ago. And I know that's square, right? (laughs) that's probably the squarest thing I've said on this show in a long time. But again, there's not, there's a reason I'm not giving this game out for a pick, but didn't we just see this in new Orleans where the Falcons got completely shut down? Matt Ryan couldn't do anything. Taysom Hill really fooling this offense is one week enough for the Falcons to write everything they did wrong, both offensively and defensively. And, you know, figure everything out on offense. And I mean, who'd they have last week? The Raiders, they killed the Raiders last week. And so, you know, let's think about that. They beat the Broncos. Then they have a bye week. Now you may say, hey, Tyler Drew Brees was injured. They didn't have much time to prepare for the Saints. They were in a bad spot. To which I would say, yeah, that's why I'm not betting on this game. But if I had to pick a side, I would go with the Saints. I don't feel like there's that much that would change in just a week's time, especially with both teams playing last week, both teams getting wins last week. You know, the Falcons are not a great matchup for the Saints, and I hate betting against Sean Payton. I believe the Saints are going to have more up their sleeve for the for the Falcons. They know what kind of an end of the season this is going to be. And when you look at the schedule right now for the Saints, I mean, pull it up again. Yeah, they've, they don't have an easy end of the year. They're going to look at all these games they can win as must-win games. I mean, they do play the Eagles after this, but then they got the Chiefs, they got the Vikings, and they've end the season on the road against the Panthers team that went to New Orleans earlier this year and probably should have won. Saints beat the Panthers 27-24 back in October. So the last three games of the season are not going to be simple games for the Saints. They're going to look to get every win they can get. I think that we they're going to get one this weekend. But, you know, there's just a couple external factors like I talked about. You know, last week or a couple weeks ago when the Falcons were preparing, how thrown off were they by the whole not knowing who the quarterback was going to be? There were reports that it was going to be Jameis Winston, ended up being Taysom Hill. So obviously they're going to make some changes, some adjustments. But for this line to be two and a half points, I'm not sure if I said that or not yet. Sorry if I haven't. Uh, the Saints are minus two and a half on the road. If it goes to three, I certainly wouldn't lean any direction, but right now, slight lean to the Saints. Got anything else here that we really want to talk about? Uh, I'll talk about one more game. Uh, Patriots and the Chadges. Patriots at the Chargers. And this is a pick This opened up Chargers minus two and a half and bet down to a pick uh, at first, first glance, I love the Patriots this game. I really did because I went back, looked at my historical data, looked at what the Patriots have done in this spot. I love some numbers. Bill Belichick against first-year quarterbacks. But what I've noticed and in the NFL in 2020, this could be renamed the year of Patriots breaking their streaks. Every single streak that I've heard about with the great Bill Belichick has been broken this year. And... I can think of one reason why, and that reason's in Tampa Bay. So 
this whole idea that Bill Belichick is the best coach in the history of the NFL by far, and next to him, the second best coach, not even close. I'm starting to think that's not true. I'm starting to think Bill Belichick is a very good NFL head coach. Nothing more, nothing less. And the whole stat, the stat that I'm referring to, by the way, in this game is whenever Bill Belichick has faced a quarterback in his rookie year, he's just demolished these guys against the spread. But again, this is not the same Patriots team. This is not the same Patriots defense, not the same Patriots coaching staff that we've come to see the last, what, 15 years. So all those stats, I just don't feel good about anymore. And that's the reason why I'm not taking this game. I think the Chargers are are artists of letting the game go. I think Anthony Lynn is the worst head coach in the NFL right now. And if you do believe Bill Belichick's the best head coach, which I still, even though I just got on shitting on him, he probably still is the best head coach in the NFL. But people need to pump the brakes when they just, you know, bend over to this guy. It's like, oh, the great Bill Belichick. I'm not so sure he is. But I would lean Patriots in this game. It's still a pick on Ben Bet down from two and a half, which I don't love. You know, this is a classic game where you take the opening two and a half to eight and a half for the Patriots. And then if it gets bed down to, let's say Patriots minus one on game day, then you take the chargers in a uh, teaser. Oof, that's a little middle option there, but slight lean towards the Patriots. But again, I think that this is the year of Tom or uh, Bill Belichick showing that uh, maybe these stats are a little more Tom Brady and a little less Bill Belichick. So, all right, uh, that does it for today's NFL show. We will have our finalized NFL picks on Sunday morning, but I would recommend getting the Browns in plus six and the Redskins in or the Washington football team in at plus ten and a half. I'm not so sure those numbers hold up, but for everything else, tune back in Saturday night or Sunday morning. And remember, tomorrow morning, uh, tune in nice and early for Saturday's quick picks. So good luck tonight. Good luck tomorrow. We'll talk to you on the Sharp Angle. Sharp Angle.